Look, in the solar business, there's really only two types of people. There's the ones that crush it, make six, seven, and eight figures, and then there's everyone else. The question is, which one will you be? Over the last four years, we've studied the sharpest solar sales and marketing professionals and how they build multi-million dollar incomes using only the best sales and marketing strategies. So how do these solarpreneurs do what they do and what makes them so successful? This podcast is your answer. Join us and thousands of sales pros, marketers, and entrepreneurs as we take the solar industry by storm and uncover what it takes to sell more solar with less effort. Welcome to the Solarpreneur Podcast. So let's kick this off. What's up, solarpreneurs? I am here with the one the big dog james how's it going james in utah doing well taylor doing well man right on right on so today we're having another podcast and we're going to be talking some reasons for the no close um just today a lot of people are going through their winter slumps i think i'm seeing that i'm seeing deals slow down I think a lot of people are seeing the winter. How come, why is that the people slow down their closing deals in the winter? What do you think, James? It, uh, Taylor, man, the biggest thing, it comes down to mindset. You think the winter is going to be a slow month? It'll be a slow month. If you think it's going to be profitable, it'll be profitable. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people get it in their head, especially in Utah. You got to dump and – is it snowing there yet? <laughs> Only like 12 inches on the ground right now. It is brutal. Because <laughs> I'm here in San Diego. I'm complaining about the rain here and saying <laughs> I don't want to go work because it's raining outside. And we got people in Utah where it's dumping snow. Got down to I like think, seven degrees, yeah, just this morning. Yeah, I can't imagine. So a lot easier to make the excuses, I'm sure, even in Utah. But I think everywhere it's getting darker earlier. It's snowing. It's colder outside. So I think that's a big reason, especially for, I'm sure, companies that are out knocking on doors. Um, I'm sure it's kind of slowing people down. But today we are going to talk about some things that happen in the close that cause people to not close deals. So that's going to be kind of the topic of today and I'm sure we're going to go into a lot of these things too that are going to help counteract counteract the effects of the cold weather of the season slowing down um, I think another thing that gets in sales reps heads is in the winter at least out here everyone gets the lower bills right they're not as high in the summer yeah so that's something that comes to my head if people aren't paying as much for electricity then they're not that's not as fresh in their mind that um, they're getting high bills have you seen that too do you think that's something that gets in people oh, say yeah no that's why the summer gets so busy is everybody's you know they're hurting they're like man dude my bill sucks but i think a real quick way to you know fix that is to realize when you go solar in the summer you're not going to see the benefits that summer it's going to be either later in the fall that year in the winter months so if you go solar right now in december january that's what you need to help your homeowners realize. That's when you're going to be able to reap those rewards, so to speak, in the, the high summer months as well. Yeah, I agree. Well, cool. So let's start talking about how we can make that extra money, close those extra deals, buy that special lady, that Christmas gift, and start loading up those gifts in Santa's sled because that's what we're all about here in the wintertime we're about dominating we're about making more money we are about closing more deals um so do you want to get into these reasons for the no close james oh yeah right now totally here's the deal guys before we even dive into these mistakes right the five common mistakes you need to realize that if you don't close your deal if you don't close your appointment you've basically failed at your job. Your job is not to just inform people about solar. It's to make a close happen because no one will benefit until that is executed, right? And Taylor knows that. All sorts of training guys, gurus, they say that, right? But we forget it so easily. Closing is the most important part. That's the exchange of service for money. 
and we benefit, the company benefits, and our customers do. So you got to realize these five things are what are the actionable steps that are keeping you right and the mindsets. But above all, you have to go in with the expectation to close. You have to realize how important it is if you want to be successful. Yeah, that's huge. And James and I were just talking about this book, Closer yeah. Survival Guide, the Closer's Bible. But Grant Cardone talks a lot about that too. How selling, that's way different than closing. Closing is where the exchange takes place. So you can sell all you want, but if you don't close, then there's never going to be any exchange. You're not going to help that customer. And then that customer is not going to help you with anything. That's what closing is about. I think people can learn to sell, but selling and closing are two different things. And they're going to cause, Yeah. selling is not going to cause the success. It's going to be the closing that causes that success, right? So that's what we're going to be talking about today is some barriers and some of them are a little bit from what Grant talks about. So I definitely recommend checking out his closer survival guide if you haven't. And with that said, yeah, let's get into a couple of these reasons here. So you want to get into the first uh, reason there, James? Cool. So number one, guys, the number one reason you're not going to close, and these are in order of probably most common I would say is you're giving too much information to your prospects. I could tell you as somebody who works with hundreds of company owners and reps in the solar industry with my business, this is very common. Reps are feel like they have to over-inform their customer. They have to be showy. Um, and somehow that the more information I give, the more impressed they're going to be, the more credible they think I am. And for some reason they think that's what's going to close the sale. And when it comes down to it, you only need to give information that your prospect needs to know to feel comfortable making that decision. So I relate it to going car shopping, right? We get car guru guys that think, hey, I like to know all the engine specs. I like to know the cylinders, all that stuff. I'm not a car guy myself, so I can't tell you that. But I do know the majority of people don't care about all the details, nuts and bolts of the car and the engine and all that stuff. They just want it. They go in with a purpose. Okay, what is it going to do for me? I'm looking for a transportation method of vehicle, right? Looking for something safe for my family. I'm looking for something sporty that I'm going to look cool in. Whatever it is, people have their purpose for buying that car. And if you, the car salesman, go in and you're like, hey, check this out. Look at the engine. Look at all these cool specs that you may be really interested in. When it comes down to it, your prospect is just going to be irritated at that point. Even if they do like the car a lot and they like your dealership, maybe they'll just go find another rep that's less irritating. You got to realize that just because solar's cool and you know a lot of stuff about it, your customer doesn't necessarily need to know that much information. Yeah, true. And I remember when I first started closing my deals, I started in Corona, California. Um, This was about two and a half years ago. And at first I would just have my manager go close up deals and let him take the reins and everything. But then one, one time he said, Taylor, I can't go to your deal, man. You're going to have to cancel it, reschedule or go to, go to yourself. And I'm like, Oh shoot. Well, I can't cancel that. It's a really solid deal. Can't just be throwing away money like that. So I got thrown in the fire. I'm like, I have to go to this deal myself. Nothing, no other option I can do. And so I go to the deal and uh, Joe or whoever, I can't remember the guy's name. I think it was Joe or something. He had a really solid appointment. We went through it. And luckily I actually knew a decent amount about solar because I had been sitting in all the others, all these other deals, taking phone recordings, jotting down good notes. So I knew quite a bit, but here's what happened. I like uh, spewed out so much information started talking about microinverters, why that's a good thing. I started talking yeah. about why our panels were like the bomb. We're using Hyundai panels and why we had the best warranties. I started talking about uh, all the details about the roof and how it attached and everything. And I literally talked myself out of the cell. Yep. I think you've seen it. I mean, reps can literally like just keep talking and talking and talk themselves out of the cell. So you're giving yeah. them so much to think about, right? That they just get information overload. And that's exactly what happens. I get to the end of the deal and I said, sweet. So do we want to do this, Joe? 
or I'm sure I didn't really know how to close that good back then, but whatever I said, and sure enough, he's like, you know what? You give me so much uh, to think about. And yeah, I'm going <laughs> to go, go research more of these panels. Cause yeah, it's ah, yeah. really interesting to think about. And I think it's happened to a ton of people, but Dude, it happens to like everybody. It's not even funny. We'll do that with our new students on an onboarding call. I'm like, cool. Show me your clothes. Like show me your presentation. Right. And yeah. it's either they don't know what they're doing or it's just boom, info, info, feature, 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 feature. It's like, no, 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 no. Taylor hit it right on the head, right? You're more likely to talk yourself out of a sale than into one. Okay. So realize that less is more. You want to be talking the least in the sales interaction. Very, very, very different from what most people are doing. Um, Ryan Stuman, right? I'm in uh, one of his coaching programs. He's one of my mentors. And he, he talks about he who speaks the least in your sales appointment earns the most. He who speaks like the least, right? You talk less than your prospect, you're more, more likely to make that sale, right? Yeah. Very different. You have to ask a lot of questions. You have to dig into that. You have to have the intention straight, which is number two. That's the second mistake solar professionals are making is they don't have the intention to close set straight with their prospect, meaning their prospect doesn't even know that this is a closing appointment. Yeah. I mean, that's another huge one along with keeping it simple. Um, that was probably second biggest mistake that I made forever to realize too. And I'm still having to realize, um, I don't know about you, but I know we've had conversations about it before, but my deals typically in the past have taken like, I've had deals as long as like six, seven hours sometimes. Oh, geez, man. And then, <laughs> what are and you then, doing? And then James tells me you're closing deals in what, 20 minutes or something over 20 minutes, morning. bro. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? But, um, yeah, part of that is because of some of our funds we use. Sometimes it's back and forth going through these California PACE programs. Yeah. Taking forever. But, um, yeah, I think it's a combination of the both. Number one, making things too complicated and going into step number two, we're talking about just not setting the intent intention because that's another thing that not only will it make it harder to close, I think it's also going to extend the deal a lot longer. Yeah. So if they don't know that that's your intention, then you're going to have to try like beating around the bush. You're probably going to have to make a lot more attempts of trying to close the deal. Um, then if they just know that's your intention, that's what they're, you're there to do. Then they're going to know that you're getting in there, giving them info and then you're doing it or not doing it. Right. So Taylor, why, why do people not set the intention like this? I think most people listening right now can agree. Oh, of course. Yeah. I set the intention, right? That's the point of the appointment. Well, your prospect probably doesn't realize that. So why are you not making it clear enough to them? What's holding most reps back? Yeah, that's funny. We, we actually talked about that even this morning, just why people don't do yeah. it. And I'm, I'm guilty of it myself, I think probably every day still. But I think the reason why is we get afraid of these potential customers telling us no from the get-go. Yeah, small chance we thought we had of closing it. We just want to keep that sliver of hope alive. So if we, I think we get afraid to push to get them to commit to either saying yes or no. Yeah. When it's like, oh, well, we can weasel our way around it and hopefully go for the close at the end. So I think that's, I think it's just the fear and just that scarcity mindset of yeah. not having enough in your pipeline. Grant talks, talks about that too. If we have our pipeline full, and tons of leads, then that shouldn't even even be a concern. We should be fearless yep. in our deals and just have ten other people we can go to, and then the rest of the day, right? So yeah, I don't. I think that's what I've seen is number one fear, fear and then man. number two just that scarcity yeah. mindset. I'm not closing it. Would you agree with those? No, absolutely, deals? man. It's it all comes down to fear of rejection. It's hardwired in our brains as people, right? Uh, Tom Bilyeu always says, we've got a 2 million year old brain, right? And we're trying to show it all this new cool stuff. We're trying to install new software on this old piece of hardware. So you got to realize you as a human 
are thinking that this is a life or death scenario. If I get rejected by my prospect, I'm dead, right? That's how our bodies actually react to that. And the only way you can overcome that is to reprogram, rewire your brain with the correct mindset to find mentors who are having success doing this exact thing and learning from them. You can't just go at it uh, alone, essentially. You need somebody to guide you through it. You got to have that intention in place. But it's normal. Realize it is normal, right? To fear rejection. Everybody does. I have to deal with it every single day, right? I get asked all the time, like, man, how are you so ballsy on your appointments? I didn't get that way, man. (laughs) I fear it every single day. Getting on a sales call is can be a nerve-wracking experience. You have to find a way to click and get out of that and get in the proper state, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, man, that's my thoughts. Intention is everything. You got to set that straight with your prospect. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, I'm guilty of that all the time. Just the other day, I mean, even this week, I have, I've had appointments fall through and I get in the habit of like, okay, I have this appointment fell through. Um, I'll just go out and book another appointment and I get this kind of false sense of security in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm booking appointments, even though I know in my head that they're not solid appointments and they're probably going to go nowhere. That's yeah. something. That's something I think reps struggle with too, is just even if you're getting out there booking appointments, whether it's knocking doors or getting a lead or two, you got to learn to keep that pipeline clear full and not just get that false sense of security on that. You have one appointment for the day. Cause that yep. happened to me two days ago and then, and then boom, my day's over like that. I got no other opportunities to make money that day. It's cause I put all my chips all in on one appointment. So that's true. Think that's a huge one yeah exactly cool. okay number three guys this one is a classic man not asking for the sale right and you're probably thinking oh dude that's not me i ask for the sale all the time think about your last couple of appointments and if you can't think about it and you're not doing this already start recording your conversations okay just get a recording app on your phone maybe you get a separate recorder put it in your bag let that thing roll and listen to it. You're going to be shocked at how the appointment goes. When I first did this, I'm like, dude, I ran six appointments this week and didn't even try to close on any of them. <laughs> and then you go back back, and you're like, what? what happened, right? What did I do wrong? You didn't ask. You just assumed. You assumed the prospect was thinking, well, yeah, that's what we're doing, right? That's the appointment. That's what we think of sales pros. We're like, yeah, I'm showing up to, to, to do this, to sign them up. But your prospect might be thinking back to intention. Ah, yeah, he's just giving me some info. We're just checking out solar. We're looking uh, just shopping companies. We want another quote. So the intention plays a big role with this as well. But you need to ask for the close every time. Even if you think it's a no, ask for the close, okay? It can't hurt. I mean, the only... Well, you're not going to die, right? Like we were talking about. It's not the end of the world if you get a no, right? Rejection is part of this game. Get comfortable with being told no because old cliche saying, man, a no is a step further in the direction of yes, right? More no's you get, the more we know and the more we can uh, get closer. Funny story with uh, the recording piece you said. I used to do that in my deals, but I still do occasionally, try to occasionally, but just start recording my conversations and the deals I'm going to. I remember I did that, I think it was about six months ago. I had the recording on, right? I'm going through the presentation and all of a sudden this guy, he's like this Hawaiian dude I was pitching to. He goes, wait, what's that recording on your phone? <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh, no way, dude. Oh, kid you not, man. And he sees that my phone was recording. I had to look up, I can't remember something, some price or something like that on my phone. And he sees the red bar at the top shows recording. And this guy went nuts, man. Just absolutely lost it. He grabbed my phone. And he's like, "What do you? What kind of monkey business do you think you're doing around here?" And I, I had no idea what to oh say. Oh my god! I'm just like caught in my tracks. There's no, no excuses. And if I would have went back i would have come up with a better excuse but i'm just like uh i don't know sorry man i 
I guess I didn't know it was recording. He's trying to throw something out there. He <laughs> grabs the phone out of my hand, t- shuts it off, and literally, like, basically kicks me out of his house. So you just got to be careful <laughs> if you're trying to record yeah. stuff like that. Oh, my. Make sure you uh, at least have a good re- excuse for doing it if you get caught or uh, better just, like, hide it. But <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, don't get – yeah, don't listen to Taylor on that. Oh, my gosh. you just, Don't let him scare you off from <laughs> – Yeah, especially if you're in California. These people are nuts, man. You got to watch these laws in California. <laughs> they got strict laws Please, on that. man. Yeah, we found out it's actually legal in Nevada, apparently, to record people without like getting written permission or whatever. But California, you probably get sued or something for that. But I no doubt, no doubt, crap. Yeah. Anyway, record carefully and responsibly. That's the yes, yes. Make sure you know what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, asking for the sale, guys, you got to ask, right? If it's an, if you think it's a no. You got to ask for the sale. Grant talks about that till he's blue in the face, right? Ask, ask again and ask one more time, right? Be creative with the way you ask. You got to ask for the sale, pay attention to what you do, make sure it happens. Yeah. And we'll have future episodes about this too, but that's why it's also important to have a a bunch of different closes you can go through because this has been my problem at our company. We basically had one one close and then what happens if they don't close the first attempt you just come off as annoying dude if you yeah yeah from there it's just being pushy but if you've studied your closes if you know a hundred different closes and a hundred different ways to attempt it then that means you're going to be able to do it without coming across as pushy or annoying got to know these closes and got to know how to transition to new closes so i think that's a big piece i know we'll do future episodes on too yeah, no, you but, can yeah. you can head over to uh, uh, we'll put a link though. I actually have an ebook of solar closes specifically that I use. They're all scripted out. There's 30 of them. Go check them out. Check out Grant's book. There's like a hundred closes in there. But I optimize these for solar specifically. So we'll link to that as well. You could go download that. Um, let's get into number four. Okay, this is one of the they're all important okay but this one is my favorite this is my personal pet peeve and this is what's really allowed me to take my sales to the next level and that's getting your state and your mindset correct okay and well you could go way deep on state of mind and i have in previous videos and whatnot but i'll let taylor kind of kick off and i'll add on to this so it doesn't last all day here but what does it mean man to be in like the right state for a close yeah, well, first of all, we were talking before this just about how like like NBA players, for example, I watch an NBA, a lot of NBA, and LeBron, when he's going out on the court, you see him do his yeah, little pregame dude. thing where he's throwing the chalk up right and listening to their music, getting in the right state of mindset and everything. And really what we're doing, it's not that much different than an NBA player stepping out not at all. on the court, right? Yeah, we're not like freak athletes. I'm not out there uh, dunking on people, but it's the same thing here. We got to get in that same state because we're, we're – uh, and Tony Robbins talks about it a lot, but just getting in that right state to make things happen because that can be – I mean, if you're not in the right state, then that's – you're setting yourself up for failure. So we talked about, we kind of swap stories on what we do before deals and you can talk about yours, James, but mine is like, I'm getting, getting in front of the house. I'm pulling up, trying to get there at least five minutes or so early. Right. So I can get kind of in that meditation state. So I pull up to the, the deal. I meditate, just kind of do some deep breathing for a couple minutes, do some visualizations about, I can see myself actually getting the signature on the dotted line. Right. I just imagine what that person's going to look like. I imagine them already signing the contracts on my computer, my iPad. And from there, I go into like some declarations. I just basically talk out, try and get myself jacked. So I just say stuff like, I'm the greatest salesman in the world. I'm confident. I'm fearless. I'm going to close this deal. Just try and get myself jacked, right? And then the end, I just let out some more guys, you know? It's like, ah, just try to get myself hyped up as possible. So that's basically my uh, process. And yeah, I'm always trying to kind of figure out ways to get myself into a deeper state where I can close deals and where I can get that confidence. Because 
we talked about this too. I think every salesperson has seen those days where they feel unstoppable. You close one deal, when's the best time to close another deal? Right after you close the first deal, right? So that's the state we're trying to imitate, I think, when we do these kind of pre-game, pre-deal meditations, processes, routines, whatever you want to call them. So I think uh, that's a piece of it. And oh, yeah. what's your, do you want to talk about what you do before? Deals? Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, here's the deal. I like Taylor brought up LeBron James, right? Um, if you think about it as sales professionals, we are the elite athletes of the business world, right? We're on the front lines. Okay. Without salespeople, there's no revenue without revenue. There's no HR. There's no marketing department. It's toast. There's no business. Revenue is the lifeblood. So realize you're the front guy. You're the top dog. You're the most important person in the company as a sales professional. And I think if you go at it and approach with that mindset and you prepare for your presentation with whatever it is to get you in the right state, that's going to prove a lot more successful. So look at Absolutely any successful entrepreneur, athlete, um, dude, anybody, they all have a pre-ritual with how they get started with their day, with how they get started with their appointment, the call, whatever it is. They have a certain process they go through to snap out of the old stuff, all the problems, the issues, the fight with your wife, your girlfriend, whatever it is, to get rid of that. So you can show up in peak performance state when it matters most. And if you don't take the time to do this, you're wasting not only your time and your prospect's time, but you're failing as a sales professional because maybe that prospect will never be able to go solar now or they'll have a bad taste in their mouth about solar all because you didn't take the time to make sure that you're in an optimal state. So I mean anything. I see a lot of guys, they'll have a fight with their spouse or something earlier that day and they let it ruin their whole day. They're just sulking about it. It's off. Maybe they lost a deal. Maybe a guy offended you on a phone call. He said something bad. You have to find a way to get out of that crap because everything else ahead of your day, if you stay within that state, is going to reflect onto your customer. If you're in a bad mood, you're going to make your prospect in a bad mood. It's all contagious, right? If you're in a good mood, if you're confident that you're going to close your deal, your prospect's going to feel that confidence. They're going to feel that you're confident in your product and your service, and you're going to be able to move forward as well. So there's a lot of things I like to do. I mean, just today, actually, I was just thinking about this today. Uh, I had a sales call this morning at like, 9am or so. And I was feeling pretty nervous about it. Actually, it was in front of a company. Um, we were looking at doing a contract for sales training for 35 of their reps. Okay. Just a huge company. I was doing a screen share of our platform. I was kind of getting nervous. It's the first call of the day. Right. And the appointment went all right. It wasn't the best, but I didn't take the time that I should have to set the intention, set my state right before the call. And I ended up not asking for the sale at the end of the appointment. And I was like, what the crap? I didn't even try and close, right? Um, now I'm going to have to go back and save it. It's annoying. Then I actually got on a call with Taylor as well this morning. We were just talking about uh, some of this stuff and planning today's episode. And uh, we did a couple role plays as well with you know setting the intention, getting everything right. And it kind of got me in the zone, right? I role played it out a little bit, got the kinks out of it. Um, and then I ended up closing like two big accounts later this afternoon because I was in that right state. They were just back to back calls, one after the other, one got easier and easier and it just got better. And it's the same thing, guys. You close one deal, you got to remember what that feels like. What does that feel like after you close a sale, right? And I want you to remember that, correlate that however you can, okay? Find a way that you can anchor that feeling. Um, Jordan Belfort talks about that a lot too. He's just, it's just physical anchoring. Whether you clap your hands and you're like super loud, it's like a battle cry, whatever it is, correlate that feeling so that when you go into an appointment next time, you can go back and remember that. You can say, oh yeah, I do close deals. Like that's me. I'm a closer, right? That's my identity. 
This is what happens. I visualize the sale. Then when you go in, boom, you're just picking it up. And I think the, the all-star sales guys, they're doing six plus seven figures. They have mastered this craft. They know how to get in the right state on a moment's notice. It's not an overnight process. You got to practice at this. You got to work at it. But it's the most important thing when going into a close. Yeah. And I know we're talking, be worth mentioning Jordan Belfort. What was he doing? Like smoke, uh, smoking crack well, he did. or whatever before he did. the deal. <laughs> he did crack, yeah. But in a line of crack. But it didn't matter if it was that or he he also just did like clench your fist and like yell really loud, a battle cry, whatever it is. Find a way that you can physically anchor that. Yeah. And there's another book. I don't know if you've read the power of habit, but that yep. talks about a lot of that too. Just setting those, the thing you do before the action and then the thing you do after that's creating the, they call it, I, I think the habit loops, something like yeah. that that you're creating. So I think we can do a similar thing when we're closing deals. We're doing this pre pre close ritual, going doing the presentation. Then we're doing something after. So you got to have the trigger and then you got to have the re- reward, right? Yeah, And really like Grant talks about if we truly believe in our products and believe that we're helping people out there, then we have a moral obligation to sell these people solar, right? So we need to have that belief and we need to do everything we can to push towards it, be learning every day. Because if we have the moral duty and obligation, I think that's one of Grant's uh, yeah, stickers, it is. stickers yeah. or something like that. Have the duty. Success obligation. is my duty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Success my duty. But yeah. All we're doing out there is helping homeowners. I mean, save money. We're helping them add value to their houses and we're helping. If we have that belief, then really the other things should just come secondary because of that belief. We should have this huge desire to go learn more or we should have the desire to learn more clothes. We should have the desire to be the best salespeople we can. Right. So I think that's what it comes down to just having that belief. That's the root of it. And then the rest of the things will follow if you do truly have that belief. It even so, yeah. goes uh, even goes further though with belief. Like you said, save money, right? Help people add value to their home. Think about why is that a big deal? What's the reason behind the reason? Okay, we help people save money with solar. Cool, right? Why do we care about helping people save money? Why is it beneficial for them to save money? Why do they want to add value to their house? What kind of feeling does that bring to them? Does that bring them like a confidence, right? Assurance that they could get, uh, be able to move and make money off their home or to be financially a little bit more independent or stable with solar. Um, Maybe it frees up their budget a little bit so that they could spend more money on outings with their spouse or their kids or something. You're giving them more happiness in their life. So I want you to think, what business are we in, right? Are we in the business of just saving people money and slapping glass on their roof? Or are we giving them more happiness, right? And that's what it comes down to. That's what we're doing. We're selling happiness with solar. We're selling more time with the family, things that matter, more money, whatever it is, right? But that really goes with the belief and realize your beliefs around anything will be reflected onto your prospect. Meaning if you believe, and Taylor and I talked about this, if you believe a certain objection you hear is valid, I guarantee that you're going to find ways for that objection to actually come up in your appointment on a subconscious level. So what's an objection that you hear more often than not, Taylor? What's like the most common objection you hear? Mine is definitely probably I need to think about it or not ready to make a decision. Cool. So let me ask you this. How, how often do you need to think about making a decision to buy something? Yeah, I've thought about that a lot because ever since I read that in Grant Cardone's book, he talks about that a ton too. Yes. Identifying the connections between the objections you're receiving and, and what you get. And yeah, I've, it's something once I recognized it, I've tried to cut way down on it. Cause yeah, I think, I think I was doing it quite a bit. I think yeah. I was like thinking about it. And, um, I know 
maybe not for everyone, but yeah, a lot of people do that when they're signing up, especially for investing in things that are going to make you better. A lot of people like want to think about it, want to talk to their wife, want to do all those things. So I've tried to cut down. I've tried to knock that crap off, you know, tried to yeah. stop doing it. Old but, saying, man, if you're not ready to buy, you're not ready to sell. True. If you're not comfortable buying something, you wouldn't buy your own product. Like I get if you don't have a house, right? I mean, obviously you can't put solar on it, but if you did have a house, would you put your company's panels on your own home? If the answer is no, quite frankly, you need to get out of that company and find something that the answer is yes, because that's going to show up. It's going to affect your sales. True. hundred percent. And Grant's uh, suggestion for doing that or for recognizing these things is take every single objection you get in the close or even when setting up an appointment, whatever you're doing, you write down those objections and then you're going to start to see what's happening in your own life. If you're getting, oh yeah, you're getting, you, I need to think about it a lot, then guarantee you got a lot of that happening in your own life. So I've started to get that less lately. And I think, honestly, I think a big reason is because I identified that. And then I realized that I was doing it in a lot of things in my life. And once I cut down on that, it's started to become a lot less issue um, in my closes too. And I think people see that. I think it just comes across in what you're and how you're talking, how your mindset is. If you have those same objections. An objection I, I used to get a lot with solar or consulting as well was guarantees, right? That comes up with everything. Like I think even when Taylor joined our program a while back, he asked about guarantees. Everybody asks, right? What's your guarantee? What's your money back guarantee on this? And I used to do the same exact thing with coaching. I'd be like, all right, cool. You, what if it doesn't work in 30 days, right? What happened, man? I signed up for this coaching program and this guy, he just said I'm like he's like James look you're already going into this program with the intent that it's not going to work for you if you're asking for a guarantee on a subconscious level you think this won't work that's why you're asking about a guarantee if that's the case man save your money and let's just not do it I was like, oh, crap, dude. I'm like, that's exactly what happens. I, I don't have enough belief in myself that that coaching was going to work. So I was like, give me a guarantee. And it's the same thing with your solar customers. They might not believe, maybe they've been burned on stuff before and they believe that you know the panels are gonna break on them or the company's not gonna service them or something like that. And if you as the sales professional have a similar belief like that, it, it just shows up, right? So I overcame that. Now I'm like the most comfortable guy at that in the world. Somebody tells me that they want a guarantee. I'm like, whatever. I don't care if there's a guarantee. I'll buy whatever it is because I know it's going to work because I'm putting in the work with it. And it just goes with anything. I overcame that objection and I'd never get stumped on it. Even today, I closed a guy, said the same thing. Mike, you know what? Sounds like this isn't going to work. If you're looking for a guarantee, you're looking for a way out already before it began. Let's just stop it right here. So identify the objections, just like Taylor said. Um, find out where they are, man, and then just, boom, switch them. It's really just a decision. I mean, Taylor, how would you say you switch? I know this is like super deep. How do you switch that belief? If I believe I need to think about it, I believe I need a guarantee. How do I get rid of that? Yeah, it's a tough question. And I'm still trying to figure that out myself yeah. sometimes, <laughs> but I don't know, man, what I've done is just, yeah, well, like we talked about, identify it and then just catch yourself every time you're thinking that as ever since I realized that I keep it in my head. Now I know that that's what comes up in the deals. And then every time I'm offered something, I think first thought comes to my head is, Oh, I need to think about it. But then I, I remember that's what was happening to me. Oh, am I just coming? I, am I coming up with this because um, it's part of me or I just start to, I guess, kind of figure out what the difference is if I actually do need to think about it or um, if it's just something coming in my head. So yeah, I'm still trying to figure out, I guess, completely that process myself. Yeah. But I think that's the most important thing is just I, making that identification and then realizing when that's happening to you and just trying to eliminate it. 
don't know. Do you have any more experience in that? In no, that's uh, identifying it is tricky. Um, one of the best exercises I'd recommend is you write out any sort of belief, objection that is holding you back, okay? And I mean anything. Do not filter. Even if it's not even sales related, everything's related to sales, okay? Anything. So write down every single negative belief or thought that you have. When I did this, even three months ago, it was like 67 different items, okay? Just a couple of pages of stuff. What I want you to do, when you read them and you see them visually on paper, you write down the true or the more positive version of that belief next to it. So say I write down, I can't close people on the first visit. I write that down. That's a pretty, I hear that a lot with sales guys. Oh, I'm not a one call closer. I can't do that. I got to build rapport with them for three to five weeks before we sign the deal, right? Write that down and then write next to it, the alternative. I am a one call closer. I close on the first appointment in 30 minutes, whatever it is. Maybe it's for Taylor. I can't close in under an hour or I can't close in under 30 minutes. You could write down, I close in 30 minutes or less, right? And review those every single day. And what that's going to do as you read the limiting belief and you read the positive reinforced belief that you know to be and want to be true, you're going to actually hardwire your brain that way. There's been a ton of studies on this. You read the one, read the other one. And eventually after a couple of weeks of doing this religiously all the time, day and night, right? You're not even going to believe those old things. You're going to find that these things have totally shifted in your world. And the old stuff almost seems silly. Like, man, I can't believe I used to believe that. It looks ridiculous on paper at that point. And then you shift over. So this, that's just a really practical exercise. Just visually see it, make the transition, and consistently review every single day. So Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to have to do that with my, with my limiting beliefs too. Cool. Well, I know we're running a little bit on time here, James. Do we get in the fifth one? Did we already talk about number five? We just five? talked about it. Yeah. I think the only thing we missed, we skipped over, was prejudgments. So consider right. this one a bonus, okay? This is like number six. Don't make prejudgments or decisions before the appointment. Meaning, do you roll up to a house and it looks like a piece of crap and you're like, oh man, they're going to fail credit, dude. Like, there's no way these people are going to pass the credit check. If you even present at that point, you're subconsciously sabotaging your entire presentation and you're never going to close it. I guarantee I'll bet my life on that guy not closing the appointment. Right. And that goes with anything money. If you're like, ah, oh, the roof looks kind of iffy. I don't know about this. And you go into the appointment with that toast. You can't make prejudgments. Yeah. And I have dozens of stories about that where it's, I've lost deals because of it. But um, I think I've started doing a little bit better. I had this happen, I think, two weeks ago, and it's just a single lady living in her house. Um, wasn't making that much money. And my first thought immediately was, oh, she can't. And her bill was actually only like $50 or something like that. When I get the appointment, my first, first thought was immediately, oh, she's not going to be, she's not going to want to do this. Um, she's going to have to spend more money than what she's paying right now for electricity. Um, but I tried to identify that. I'm like, no, really. I'm, it doesn't matter how much they spend. They could spend zero dollars and they should still want to pay me to go solar. Right. Cause we're helping them. We're helping their home. We're out here helping people. You got to get that deeper level of service going. Right. Um, and so luckily I noticed that I realized where those thoughts were coming from and I was able to close her up going from she paying fifty dollars with their utility company, spent about seventy five with us to put the solar up there, locked her rate in. But um if I would have let that just kind of overtake my mind that she wasn't gonna do it and prejudge her, then no way would I close that deals. And I've lost plenty of deals before. There's a lot of junky communities we go on where it seems like there's no way they should qualify, no no <laughs> business they have paying extra for solar. And I've lost plenty of deals where I have done that. But another trick that I think Grant talks about in his closer survival guide is just 
play that little game in your head and look at the things that they have spent money on. So if I'm in a deal, I'm looking at uh, look at that TV over there. Oh they yeah, spent money on that, right? And then oh look at that uh, look at that Vitamix blender over there. I'm sure they spent some money on that. Those things are like 300 bucks for a blender. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so if you start playing that game of recognizing that they already have invested in things, then I think that's something that can help get those limiting kind of thoughts yeah. out of your head with that. Taylor just mentioned, man, like the judgments and the, uh, your beliefs, it came up even what Taylor was talking about when he was saying the, uh, like, oh man, she's not going to be able to, she's not going to want to pay for more than her power bill, right? That's a belief a lot of salespeople have in this industry is, oh, solar doesn't make sense if it costs more today, like per month. Like if I'm spending 120 bucks a month, they're not going to go solar if it's 140. That's a belief I have. You're never going to close anybody if it's more than their power bill. That's actually one I personally had to get over as well. So yeah, just look. I mean, people love to spend money. That's just how it works. People get a high from it. They love to buy things. Solar's no different, right? If it costs them more, realize they like it. It's cool. I know guys that literally it costs them over a hundred grand to go solar and they're never going to save a penny from it, but they just like it. <laughs> yeah, That's pretty much it. There's people out there with that, that belief. So I know that's why we have luxury items. People don't need Lamborghinis. Nope. Go out and buy Hondas. People don't need all these fancy suits or nice watches. Plenty of things. That's why dollar stores exist. You oh, I need them. I need them too. <laughs> Except for James. <laughs> when you're raking it in like James, you buy whatever you want. <laughs> but cool. And so do we want to, so let's go ahead and wrap up unless you have anything else, James, should we just kind of review quickly these? Uh, yeah, let's, reasons? let's just quick, quickly review, just rapid fire, man. Okay. So reason number one was going into too much detail, um, giving them too much information information right not keeping it simple enough uh, uh number two was never attempting to close i think i might have mixed up the orders but correct me if i'm mixing no, you're right up. you're right okay um not attempting to close number three was the lack of belief in the product or what you're doing and i think we talked about um kind of State. the pre yeah, yeah the states getting the states and judgments yep don't get those judgments right don't do any of that yep and here's the thing I had, I had one thought on too much info before we wrap up here if i think a lot of salespeople think they're being kind of sleazy a little bit um a little bit shady by not giving all the information they feel like hey if i don't divulge everything about this product then i'm kind of cutting my prospect uh, a little bit short man. maybe I'm hiding a couple of things right you got to get rid of that mindset it's just a limiting belief again think about the car do you want to know everything about the car you buy I don't I don't give a crap about it right think about how your prospect do they care about everything about solar no remember the only moral obligation you should have about this is it's your duty to close you got to close you got to overcome these five things be honest, ethical. There's no point in ever stretching the truth, pulling any crappy old school sales strategies if you're rocking these five beliefs, okay? This is a core fundamental as a business and even life, I would say. If you rock these, I mean, you're unstoppable. That's how you close 60, 80, 90% of your deals, right? I talk about that time blue in the face. You should be closing 80% of your deals minimum. If you're not there, you got stuff to work on, okay? If you're higher than that, cool. Maybe I can learn from you. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Very true. And something James reminded me of is one of the most powerful questions I think you can ask in a close or trial close is do you have enough information to be able to make a decision? Oh, yeah. And that's something you reminded me of, James. And it's been helping a lot in the deals. Don't be afraid to give them the information and then just go for the close. You don't have to go over everything. If I don't have to, I don't even mention the warranty. I don't even mention the maintenance that our company does. I don't have to. Just sell them on the idea. And then once you can see that they're excited about it, 
just go straight for that close. Do you have enough information to be able to make a decision? Keep it simple. Right? Grant, uh, back to Grant Cardone, man. When I had a, my first sales call about Cardone University, one of Grant's guys, I think it was actually Jared. Jared Glant actually was on the phone. He closed me on Cardone University the first time. <laughs> there you go. But Jared, when he got on the phone with me, man, he busted out that question within two minutes. I'm not even kidding. It was just pleasantries. How you doing? Where are you calling from? Awesome. Hey, James, based off of what you saw, man, do you have enough info to make a decision today? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, sweet. We wrapped up paperwork. We talked for maybe 10 minutes after the sale, and that was it. You just sold me a $7,900 course. Boom. Five minutes. <laughs> You're like, Jared, as long as I can be talking to you, I'll buy anything. I just wanted the honor of talking to you. I didn't even know Jared super well, actually, at that point. So, yeah, I realized later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cool. There you have it. So, yeah, keep it simple. And then we talked about setting the intention. I know I screwed the order up. I think I butchered the order of these. But uh, setting the intention, telling them that's your intention to close them. And then I think the last one was not having any prejudgments about the pro about the potential customer or about what you're doing. So cool. I think that about wraps it up. Any, anything I, I missed there on the review of those games? Nope. Guys, that is it. If you have not already, okay, go over and share this podcast with anybody that is in solar that wants to get into solar that's looking for a career change. I can't tell you how many people I have messaging me that listen to a podcast or a video from six months ago. And we're the reason they decided to even get in the solar industry. It's a huge honor for us, right? And this big movement as we're pushing forward with it. But the only way we're going to grow, guys, is you got to share the crap out of this thing, okay? So if you're a solopreneur, share it on Facebook, share it on social media, leave us some reviews, right? We got to start getting some reviews set up wherever you're listening, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Your word of mouth is our lifeblood with this podcast. That's how we're going to grow this um, and get the movement out there. And guys... Yeah, and guys, please let us know too what you think about the uh, podcast, uh, what topics you'd want us to cover. We want to make this, we want to change the solar industry. So we definitely need comments, we need suggestions, and we're out there to dominate this industry one rooftop at a time, right? So we want to change it and give the most valuable content. If you haven't noticed, we're also trying to get top solar producers and come on to interview. So if you have anyone that you'd like us to interview or any suggestions for that, feel free to drop us a comment, reach out out to us on Facebook or any social media. Okay, guys. So with that being said, we'll wrap it up and we will see you guys next episode. Keep crushing it. See ya. Wow, what another amazing episode of the Solarpreneur Podcast. Now, before we take off here, do us a favor and go leave an honest review on your platform of choice or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It helps us get the word out about the Solarpreneur movement and impact more entrepreneurs, sales professionals, and marketers just like you. And hey, don't forget to head over to Facebook and join the Solarpreneur group for more daily content that's going to impact you and help you take your sales game to the next level. See you guys in the next episode.